Welcome to the Crazy Jerry Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, as you may man, aka Crazy Cracker, aka Andre's Podcast. Guess what, folks? Guess what? I'm gonna do a live podcast about about the headlines in sports, and I'm gonna chit chat a little bit about the Thursday night football game tonight. Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals against the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason why I'm going to do this is because my buddy Sean and I are not are not actually are not actually working together right now because he and I are a little bit busy. And of course, my microphone and my speakers well, it's not my speakers; it's my wires that blew up. It didn't work so well. But here we go. So let's talk about the Big Ten. The Big Ten. And Jim Harbaugh got lucky. And Jim Harbaugh is in a situation where he got very lucky for only being suspended for about three about three games, counting the last game at Penn State. He's got this Maryland game that he's going to be suspended. And then he's got a big game, Ohio State. And what does this mean for Michigan? Well, it means that, one, most likely Jim Harbaugh probably won't leave. And two, for the bowl games, we won't be uh, in suspension. So, so, suspension. And if, 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 the, if the University of Michigan was suspended for bowl games and recruiting and so on and so forth, I could have seen Jim Harbaugh leave. Now, in reality, how did this get to this point? Well, let's think about this. We have an assistant coach who is whose name was Connor Stallings, and it seems as though he he basically decided to do what other teams do and come up with his own set of rules and set of people to work with him to steal signs. Now. Ryan Day had his own family do their own investigation on Michigan and stealing our signs in the past. But their job was only to watch Michigan, their their biggest competitor. So, hypothetically, they both are wrong for doing that. But Day got lucky that it didn't get into a prosecution case. I think Michigan got really lucky that they didn't have to go pursue for Friday and next week uh, court and judges and all that because if it went further and further along the line, all these other teams probably would have gotten in trouble like Alabama, maybe Clemson, maybe um, anybody out there that is actually in that situation because you can't assume that we're the only ones cheating or we're the only ones doing that type of uh, of spying. Um, I think I think for Michigan, Jim is probably in a situation where he's not very welcome back to the NFL. I don't think NFL players really enjoy his style of coaching. I think he's not he's not a pro athlete uh, coach. 
And I think he's a great college coach. And I think he's able to, to coach his team. And I think he's able to coach his players. And his players are, his players are, for a collegiate level, will do anything for him. So, Jim Harbaugh is a very, very, very lucky man for what he just got uh, kind of slapped in the hands for. Three game suspensions, no bowl game bans, no recruiting problems, and and there you have it. Now, going against Ohio State, that might be a huge disadvantage of not having your head coach on the field uh, uh, corresponding with his players during the game. I think that's one of the things that a lot of head coaches do very well or do very bad. And practice can do so much for you, but when you're in on a on a real game system, a real game scenario, you're going to need a coach like Jim Harbaugh or Bill Walsh. You're going to see certain things about your players that is going to be really good or really bad. And you can kind of help your players along the along the way. So the Michigan-Ohio State game is going to be a huge game. Uh, let's not overlook Maryland. Maryland is kind of hot. Uh, they got uh, Ty's uh, little brother at Maryland. Um I think if I think if Michigan can keep him in a box, I think they'll be all right. I think with our running game, our passing game, uh, you know, with Mc, uh, with McCarthy, you know, he might have lost his Pro Bowl. I mean, not Pro Bowl, but his Heisman Trophy eligibility, um, um, or I would say his um, his Heisman. His Heisman Trophy, he might lose the Heisman Trophy. I can't pronounce a lot of words right now. But he might lose it because of the Jim Harbaugh, the coaching staff, all this recruiting stuff. So McCarthy might be uh, bummed out for losing the Heisman Trophy for this. Uh, What else could I say? Um, What else could I say about this? I think I want to say that. Um, I think I want to say that from this point on, I think a lot of these teams are going to be in a lot of heap of trouble. I think, I think Michigan was like a good example of what could have could have happened, and I think that Michigan got very, very, very lucky for not being punished for their deeds, and. Going on, let's talk about another uh, Michigan athlete from Michigan State. His name is Dramon Green. He's been suspended for at least five games for strangling another player. And when does this stop for Dramon Green? Why is he so angry about everything? Why is he always strangling people? Why is he always kicking people in the testicles? Why is he doing this? I, I want to know. I really, really, really want to know. And I want to know, why isn't the NBA suspending him for 20 games or 10 games or even maybe 30 games for doing something stupid? Why would you choke someone out? Or why would you kick someone in the balls? That's just plain out stupid. 
Stop kicking people in the balls. Be a man and shut up. And you know what, Draymond Green? If it wasn't for if it wasn't for Steph Curry and those guys, you would not have anything. And I would say this a hundred times. I think Draymond Green is a good enough athlete to play in the NBA. I think he got lucky that that uh, uh, Coach Izzo saw something in you. I think that you're just one of those guys that that doesn't know what to appreciate in life. And I don't know what's really going on in your life that you're taking your anger issues on people's testicles. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is like you have such an angry an angry management problem. When someone says something to you or someone does something to you, your first thing you do is you go crazy and you strangle somebody or you're I mean it's not it's not the nineteen eighties. You you're not supposed to be a thug. You're not supposed to be in uh you should try to represent yourself as a whole human being. I really think that I I really think that Drummond Green could be a very intelligent person if he tries to be. If he really tries to be an intelligent person, he could be intelligent. But this is not this is not the Detroit Bad Boys. This is not the LA Lakers and Milwaukee Bucks of the nineteen eighties or or the nineteen late nineteen seventies of Doctor J and these other teams that used to be really aggressive. Humongous aggressive. But I want I want people to realize that NBA players or any African American athlete should should not it's not about concern themselves lucky it's really concern themselves that you're not a one dimensional person basketball football or any other professional sports is not that important it is something that you do for fun when when you're a little kid and as you get older you do that in collegiate and when you are good enough you go do that in the pros and then you play in the pros but for you to or for anyone to think that your life is starts and begins with sports that's not what human beings should even think about you should really consider being a we need to be concerned ourselves as three-dimensional, four-dimensional uh, people or or anything like that. We, sh- we need to embrace that there's more to life than winning and losing. And I, it's funny that I say that because I'm a huge Michigan fan. And I hate Ohio State. Well, I really don't hate Ohio State, but I mean, but I, I mean, it's Ohio State against Michigan, of course. So I hope Drummond Green gets things figured out. I hope that his life is better. I hope he, you feel better by yourself. I hope there's someone out there can talk to you. And then, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Draymond Green. If you really want someone to reach out to you, don't be ashamed. Talk to somebody about your frustrations about life. Talk about talk about life in general, and 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 try to not fix things, but try to make your life a better space for yourself and understand that your life isn't always about 
making other people happy or whoever is trying to make you feel uncomfortable or 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 unhappy or you or super competitive and i mean i mean it's 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 sad to see that that we have another athlete just kind of going nuts going crazy i mean so i hope everything's works works the best for you i hope that someone is there for you and i hope that you can get the proper help moving on we're going to talk about the nfl but i'm only going to talk about two things because it is going to be a shorter podcast i'm i'm thinking people are driving home so i might try to do this on a thursday or friday as people are driving home for to to, to do a podcast so when I go live, people can drive home and do and listen to this little thermogenic. And I may have to start small. So every Thursday or Friday, maybe during the NFL, the rest of the NFL season, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do an episode on on Saturday on the NFL, on the games for Sunday. And in the, in the near future, there's going to be games on Saturday. So it's going to be a little... Low touch and base. Here we go. So the NFL, the biggest story is what Deshaun Watson, Mister uh, Two Hundred Thirty Million Dollar Man, that was signed to Cleveland Browns last year, and and guess what? He's hurt. He's got a broken bone in his shoulder, and he's gonna miss the rest of the season. And and what does that mean? That means that Cleveland Browns got screwed. They traded like two or three number one draft picks. They they just, I don't know what they did, but it seems as though that when they had Dobbs, they just figured that everything would go back to normal with Watson. But Watson has never proven anything with the Cleveland Browns long enough to assume he's going to stay injured free. So I don't even understand why would you trade the guy that got you to a certain position in your division. It just doesn't, it's just another mind-boggling idea. And I'm telling you the truth, folks. Cincinnati, I mean, I'm, I mean, the Cleveland Browns, I'm going everywhere here. The Cleveland Browns have talent, but they don't seem to understand how to use that talent. Or they don't understand how to uh, manage people, or manage the logistics about personalities. There's, there's prob- probably a lot of there's probably a psychiatrist, a sports psychiatrist that the team could have hired and say, well, based on Deshaun Watson's past, you might not want to hire Deshaun Watson at all to be a quarterback of the future. And I tell you what, man, I think they gave up on Baker Mayfield way too soon. And Baker Mayfield isn't doing so bad at Tampa. He's not the best. He's never going to be. No one's ever going to be Tom Brady. So for people to think that Tom Brady is going to be the man forever, that's just something stupid. Okay. So. So, I really think that I, I really think that that the Cleveland Browns are like the old Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions used to shoot themselves in the foot. I remember in the 90s, 
They had uh, Scott Mitchell and Eric Kramer. Scott Mitchell got hurt, and he stayed hurt. And then Eric Kramer took the team to the NFC Championship. And the year after that, they started Scott Mitchell again. And I think within that same year or the following year, they traded Eric Kramer to the Bears or to somewhere. But the, this Cleveland Browns team with Cooper and you got, and you got uh, Hunt and then you got uh, Chubbs. I mean, you got so much talent. And you traded People Jones to Detroit. So now that you don't have, now that you have one last receiver, now you have a backup quarterback that we don't even know who he is. Well, I'm not. I, I don't even think it's worth even naming the next uh, quarterback for Cleveland because it doesn't matter. That team's going to sink, and it's unfortunately for that team. And think about this: Cleveland Browns beat the Ravens last week, so. This team for the Browns is talented. They just need better management. And I, I swear, I swear, I think, I think for Detroit, ever since they got Dan Campbell and, and the old, um, and the old uh, San Diego's um, GM, uh, let's go, Detroit, oops, Detroit Lions GM is Brad Holmes. Now, this guy, Brad Holmes, is a genius. Brad Holmes put the team together in San Diego. They had Herbert. They had Mike Williams. They have, they have Keenan Allen. They have Akers. And that team's a beast. And, you know, that team, well, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think he went. I think he's. I think he. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I think he came from the Rams. The Rams. I'm sorry. Getting all my information incorrect. But they had. You know, they put Jared Goff together. They got uh, a couple of running backs. They have um, their team for the Rams is just beast mode. I don't know why I'm going. B- a link right now, but oh, they, yeah, they had Cook. That they got uh, um, Cooper Cup. This is the same guy, Brad Holmes, that put that that team together, and he's the same guy that's putting this team together. He's got the defense, he's got the offense, he's got same Brown for Detroit. We got uh, Jared Goff from the trade from the from the Rams. We trade uh, Matthew Stafford. We got. Um, Jamar Gibbs, we got we we signed uh, Montgomery. Um, we signed while well, we traded Hawkinson. Now we got Laporta. That was two iffy things I don't really agreed with. I mean, you could have just paid T.J. Hawkinson that much money in Detroit that they did in Minnesota, and then you could have used that draft pick, that tight end draft pick for Laporta. For something else that you needed, another offense line, another defense player, whatever that you're missing. I mean, we got a couple guys from last year for uh, cornerbacks and safeties. 
and some of the guys worked out and some guys didn't. But the the unit what he what Brad Holmes did was was completely the most smartest thing that Detroit's ever done. The Ford family got a guy that knows football, understands talent when he sees it, understands how to put coaches together or f- to find the, the correct coach. And I'm going to tell you the truth, folks. I am more surprised than ever about Dan Campbell. I got You got this guy. You know, Dan Campbell reminds me of a Michigander. He's from Texas. He's, he was going uh, – there was rumor that he was going to take the job for Texas A&M, but he uh, – he he uh, closed those doors. But Dan Campbell kind of reminds me of a guy that would live in, in the UP in Michigan or he would live in somewhere like Ionia, Michigan or somewhere where a guy would go hunting and fishing and stick to his business and it's very, I wouldn't say just extraordinarily masculine, but just really like almost like keep to yourself be with yourself, by yourself, stay away from me. Who is that? Pantera. So, and it's weird that we have this guy that a lot of Michiganers can relate to. And I don't think it has nothing to do with the with the Ford or GM or the Chrysler industry or the, or the blue collar. He's just very Michigan-y, Michigander. He just really is. The guy's really take on to his feed. I you know I used to you know was I was more concerned about his macho man attitude about everything. And he was like we're going to bite knuckles off and we're going to bite kneecaps off. We're going and we're going to get up and we're going to punch again and this and that. And to me when I see when I see a good coach or I see, or I hear a good coach, I hear more like Bill Walsh or, or Bill uh, Billichak or or Bill Parcells, or even, I don't know, I mean, maybe uh, he's a representation of Vince Lombardi, kind of a very loud, I wouldn't say obnoxious man, but very like, this is what we do, this is how we're going to do it. But I'm telling you folks, I think Detroit is on the way up. I I just think, well, I guess I'm going to talk about this game now. The Bears and the Lions, it could be it could be one of those games that that Detroit could actually Detroit could actually uh, be in a this could be a, a very trap game for Detroit. And what I mean by a trap game is that you get Justin Fields coming back. You don't know where the the Bears actually stand. You know you can see the record, but with Justin Fields on the field, you might be two steps behind him or there could be a scenario where uh, a big play or a couple of big plays are are made from the Bears and we could get behind right away and it may be very difficult to to get a uh, to catch back up I'm assuming I'm not saying this this will happen but this could be a very trap game for Detroit I mean you I mean just if you go to, if I go to FanDuel to log into this game and I look up the NFL, if I go here 
and then I go all the way down to Detroit. Detroit is favored by seven and a half points. That's a little far-fetched to me because, first of all, the Bears are a division rival. They're not going to just lay down for Detroit and say, oh, please kill us. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this again. When this game's at home, Jared Goff is a lot better quarterback. What Jared Goff did last week with the Chargers is amazing. Did Detroit give up a lot of um, running space, running, or rushing yards? Yes. Do I think Detroit uh, uh, gave up a lot of really easy uh, passes to Keenan Allen? I think so. But but let me tell you something. I think the one difference about this about Detroit Lions this year and last year is this. It's the fact that they actually didn't get down and out when the other team came back. So when Detroit took the lead to be 3-0, kicked the ball to to uh to the Chargers. Chargers didn't score. We scored 10 to 0. Then it was 10-3. Then it was 17 to 3, but I think that's what happened. But then the Chargers came all the way back from 17-3 to tie the game back up. Or it was 10-3, and it was, yeah, it was 17-3. And then they came back, and it was like 24-24. So for the fact that Detroit didn't just panic and say, oh, shit, we're going to lose. Oh, shit, this is going to happen to us. Oh, no, what are we going to do? And the old Detroit, not even not even in Barry Sanders' era, I'm talking about in 2012 or when the last time Detroit was in the playoffs or when at least they had a good team. It was that time. That was Those, those are the games when we had Caldwell as a head coach. A lot of players liked him, but the difference about this team and, and Coach Caldwell, the difference between Caldwell and Campbell is this. He's got those guys with confidence. He's got those guys saying, hey, just because we get behind, just because we're not playing our A-plus game or B-plus game, we're going, we're going to fight for each game. And last year we lost a lot of close games. And this year we are winning those close games. And what he said before, every, the NFL is very difficult. Week in and week out, the games is so much different. You can't just assume that that one team is going to just be bad and that one team's just going to be good. You, there's no reason to assume. So for that game itself, I mean, if you, I mean, if I really want to go do a parlay stuff on this game, I'm going to say, shoot, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take seven and a half points because it's not even worth it. I would almost go as a. I would almost go between the 1 and 13 win. So Detroit would win between 1 and 13 or they would go plus 14. Now, because they're at home, you profoundly should go up like Detroit would win between 11 and 15 points. There's another uh, uh, game on this parlay that you can pick 10 to 13 or 11 to 14, or 11 to 15. I would almost say Detroit would win between 11 and 15 points. I don't know if they're going to wipe them out. I don't think they're going to win by 13 because 
13 seems a little bit too low. I think that they you could go to 11 and 15. Those are your marks. And if you have to, I would at least go with St. Brown to score a touchdown. I would have at least, um, I would have same. I would have St. Brown score a touchdown. I would have Jamon Gibbs score a touchdown. And now I would almost maybe go with David Montgomery. So if it's going to be David Montgomery, Jamon Gibbs, or or uh, Amion uh, St. Brown, I would, I mean, it, there's so many options right there for you. I, I would for sure go with St. Brown to score a touchdown. And then I would almost go with Gibbs because I think they're going to play Gibbs more. I really do. I think that Gibbs has got the understanding on how to stay or how to be a full-time running back, not just the first and second down guy, not a guy that would just come out of a timeout and come back in. But I think he's going to be that guy that's going to do this, uh, score a lot of points. Um do I want to take? Do I want to take? Uh, well, they don't have this yet. They don't have the touchdowns for uh, for uh, for Jared Goff. So, in this parlay, you can go one and a half touchdown passes from from uh, from Goff. I think that's possible. I do think that Fields will get a rushing touchdown. I really do. I think that the, I think they'll still be able to move the ball down the field. I think that it's not going to be as easy as people think it is going to be. Um, if you go with, if you go with uh, DJ Moore, that's another guy that you could go with for a touchdown. I I I would for sure take Justin Fields as a rushing touchdown. Or at least what I would do is uh, do a live bet. So you do a live bet in the second half. So you could do the scoring spread based on that game, based on what you think, what you see. So if it's a low-scoring game and Detroit's up by four, you could make a live bet and change it to what you think that's going to happen. I think if if the game's close going into the second half, I think in the second half, Detroit would just blow them away. I think if Detroit is a is a, is blowing them away in the first half, there's no reason for you to make a live bet on the point spread, over or under point spreads for Detroit because you're not going to get any value for that, okay? And then if you want to look at the rushing for Jamal Gibbs, I would almost go 60 yards plus for Jamal Gibbs. I would go at least... 40 yards with uh, Monta, uh, with Montgomery, for sure. Uh, if you had to go with the passing yards for Justin Fields, I would, you know, that's going to be a little tight squeeze because if you go to the alternative uh, uh, passing spreads or, pa- or, or passing yard spreads, it's like either two, plus 200 or 221. Five plus or two fifty. I don't think he's going to get two hundred yard passing. I think he's going to get at least fifty yards of rushing, at least. 
And I think he could get at least 150 yards passing. And I think the game would be like, I think the game would be like 42 to 14 or 38 to 17, something like that. So one would be like a DJ Moore pass from the from uh, Fields, and the other one's going to be a rushing touchdown by Fields. But to go with any, I mean, I would say for sure Jared Goff would get at least two touchdowns. I would have at least St. Brown and maybe Laporta scoring. Raymond could score too. So if you feel comfortable going with Raymond, you can go with that, with that as well. So going to, I, I really should talk about, I really should talk about the game that is coming on tonight. The game on tonight is going to be Cincinnati Reds and and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, anytime touchdown, uh, you know what? It's going to be tough for this game, for Cincinnati and Baltimore, because both these teams don't like each other. It's going to be a tough game. I have, I have probably... Well, Gus Edwards didn't do nothing for for me last week. That's for sure. I have him on my fantasy football, so I would I would almost say that he should get a t- rushing touchdown. But the problem with the, the Boston Ravens that they have a community of rushing of rushers who participate in the games. Do I think that Joe Mixon will get any touchdown? Yeah, because Joe Mixon will be able to catch the football in the backfield. So that is a possible chance. Um, uh, if I go to if I go to Jermaine Chase, I think he should get a touchdown. I think uh, I would take Mark Andrews for the yards. I don't know if I could go with him to touchdowns, but I would go for the yards. I think with Obeckham, if Obeckham becomes a better target for Lamar Jackson, I think Andrews will have a great game. I think if Obeckham is, if you watch Obeckham in the first couple of drives and he's just not there dropping passes, Andrews is going to get a lot more of the football or touches or targets. But do I think that he'll be able, do I think Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens will be able to move down the field? Probably because I don't think Cincinnati Bengals defense is that great. I, this could be a, another game that Baltimore could really win. I would most definitely take Baltimore uh, 50 yards rushing. I would almost, almost, I would almost take Mixon for at least 40 yards rushing. And people say that's well, that's not a lot, but what? Well, look, you want to set up yourself to win. So some people will say, "Well, I'm gonna put 100 bucks on this." Same game parlay. But then you're going to take chances on 80 yards or 60 yards from Mixon. Or you're going to take, you know, two and a half or one or one and a half passing yards from Lamar Jackson? Probably not. Probably not. You shouldn't probably do that. You probably should have at least one touchdown with it in the air and then probably another rushing touchdown by Lamar Jackson. And you really don't know what Gus Edwards is going to do, is or what you don't know what Baltimore Ravens offense coordinator is going to plan on doing. Is he going to play Edwards, or is he going to play the other guys? I have to take a guess of myself in the, in those games itself. So I mean, for my own fantasy football. But 
I do I, I do think that over under could be easily to be for what it is. I think it it could it could based on the first half, I think you could tell if it's gonna be forty six and a half points. So if you go twenty one to twenty seven, that's forty that's forty eight. I would almost uh, notch that down to like 43, 42 for sure because you got to think about maybe 24 to 20 or 24 to 17. Or 20, 17, 17 is uh, 40. Well, that's only 41. So, and I say 43. So, could this be like 24, 23? Could this be like... Uh, I don't know, 26, couple field goals. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe a safety, that doesn't make any sense. I don't see Lamar Jackson or Joe Barrow giving up a safety. 46, you know, it, that's a good number from FanDuel. But I just don't know if, if I think both these teams are going to, I think both these teams are going to play really, 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 really good defense. I think they're going to play really hard against each other. So I would almost go under because I don't think they're these two teams are just going to let anyone run and score on them. I think Lamar Jackson, I would take at least 50 yards with Lamar Jackson. I would at least get uh, maybe 200 yards with Lamar Jackson. I would at least get a rushing touchdown. I think Joe Mixon will get a rushing touchdown. I think Joe Barrow will get at least one touchdown in the air. I don't think he's ever going. I don't think he's even going to run. I don't. I, if I was, if I was Cincinnati, I wouldn't even run Joe Barrow. I really wouldn't, because you need to protect him, and he's got that ankle problem that no that no one really talks about anymore. So, to take Joe Barrow rushing. I probably wouldn't do it with Joe. If this was uh, Josh Allen, yes. But with Joe Barrow, no, you got to protect him. You really got to protect him. I think they're going to have to. But I think the Bengals are going to have to stick with stick with Mixon. I think the Bengals need to establish the rushing game. And everyone, that, every football analyst or everybody who's out there who knows somewhat about football, like, would tell me, like, no crap. I like to say the other word, but I'm trying to make my podcast grow. But uh, I think those other people tell me, like, well, good job there, Mr. Obvious. But, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these teams, a lot of these teams go away from the rushing games from running the football because they get down by 10 points and then they go away from the running game. And I think with the Bengals, I think with the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens is going to be really weird. It's a weird. I just, sometimes I don't like the fact that Lamar Jackson runs that much. Because if you know he's going to run half the time other than your run, uh, running backs, you're always going to put eight, nine guys in the box. You always will. And I think that in the opposite for Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, I think they need to establish the passing game first so that those 11 guys 
on the on the Bengals are not playing in a box. They have to be spread out. And I think that's the way that you be the least that's the way how you get ahead of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean the Bengals. Jeez. Getting all these words mixed up, these teams mixed up. But yeah. I think I think the Bengals need to run the ball a lot to keep everybody at their base. To keep so that so that your wide receivers are able to 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 get open. And I think that the Baltimore Ravens need to throw the ball to establish the running game. So there you go, folks. There you go. I did a little bit. Oh, wow, this is 40 minutes. So I did a little bit about NFL. I did a little bit about college football, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, you're a very lucky man, For even for me to say that. I'm a Michigan fan. I love you. Uh, you got to learn how to keep your eyes and ears open on your coaches. Don't let them do stupid shit like that because the next time that happens, we're going to have bowl game bans. We're going, you won't have a career or a job at Michigan ever again, most likely. Jermon Green, I hope that you are somewhat mentally stable someday. I hope that somebody will reach out and help you out. Uh, yeah, I just think that you need to get real help. I think that you playing along and acting stupid. Um, yeah, that's pretty dumb. Oh, one more news. I just before I forget. So there's a theory out there that the Chargers might hire Belichick. Bill Belichick. They're probably going for the head coach, the Chargers. Uh, uh, I think the era of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots have come to the end. I think it's not the same. I think I think Belichick will needs to see the other side of the moon or the other side or the other side of the fence or whatever whatever how you want to put it. I think this could be a good move for him because he's going to have a good established running back, Justin Herbert. I think he's going to have uh, a good running uh, a good I'm sorry a good quarterback, Justin Herbert, a good running back. Uh, like Eckler, Austin Eckler, I think he's got uh, great receivers, Kenny Allen and Mike Williams when he comes back. I think that team is stacked. The defense is stacked. I think they just need to be, I think the Chargers' defense need to rest. So, there you go. 40 minutes of me ranting along about sports. Uh, I'm very, I'm kind of happy about my the, the way I did this could be a little bit more organized. I need to get the names right here, on and so forth. Uh, I'm going to come back on the show. I'm going to have another podcast on Saturday. I'm going to probably do it Sunday morning or I'm going to do it Saturday and air it Sunday for Sunday football. But peace, love. This is the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Please find me at, at uh, Podbean or Spotify or or any other uh, uh, platform for uh, uh, podcasting. Uh, I'd like to thank um, everyone else out there that listen. And again, I'm just a learning process for me. So peace, love, I'm gone.